0: We're fixing
2: to have us a good day. Bring there, bro. Woo, woo, woo. This is Locked On Auburn. Zach Blackerby, Painter Sharples of ESPN 1067. Second day in a row, my friend. I appreciate your time. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for bringing me back on. Appreciate okay. it, sir. Of course. Of course. Hey, want to give a shout out today's show brought to you by Fetch Me Home Delivery. They've got a new campaign going the 10 off campaign. So one zero o f f for your promo code. But yeah, you can uh, you can go to their Facebook page. Just search Fetch Me on Facebook, and they're offering ten dollars off of orders that go over thirty dollars for three restaurants chosen each week. And your restaurants they'll they'll rotate each week, so you got to check that out on their Facebook page. And, uh, yeah, the sale will uh, appear on the top of your feed. they have be getting a ton of great reviews. I'm just going to kind of read one of them uh, right now. Um, somebody left a review saying, My delivery driver was the best delivery driver I've ever had through any of my delivery experiences through all of the apps. So uh, check them out. Use the free Fetch Me app or go to Fetchmedelivery.com. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free or their new, uh, new product. Uh, campaign that they've got going on. Check out their Facebook page at Fetch Me and see which restaurants you can get $10 off each week. Painter, today I want to talk about uh, some of Auburn football's culture, especially specifically at Jordan-Hare Stadium, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Cam Newton officially a Patriot. <laughs> I ordered my Cam Newton so- Patriot jersey last night. It is so- on the way. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the Ivy League news. I know that's something you've been following closely. And then a uh, listener question about War Tampa. Before we get started, though, somebody um, somebody reached out on, uh, on Instagram yesterday, his name is Drew. Thank you for listening, Drew. But Drew pointed out that the Shedrick Jackson big catch in the Iron Bowl we were talking about, Have done a two-point conversion so it didn't show up in the box score so
1: a good point and yeah yeah, i was incorrect i got uh, michael was right on that that the initial catch he had was ruled incomplete it was an impressive catch and then uh, yeah you're the drew good catch on on the two-point conversion an important one because i think it made it a three-point game
2: do you think it's dumb that stat uh the plays on the two-point conversion do not
1: count in the box score i think it's weird yeah i mean you know it's like you're gonna get a lot from it but it was a pretty significant two points because if i'm remembering i I did get the timeline wrong earlier so I feel a little bit risky doing this, but if I remember correctly, it was forty six forty five. Okay, and maybe that put Auburn up forty eight forty five. Yeah,
2: you may be right there.
1: But anyway, yeah, that is odd. That the, the even you would think that would count for something. Yeah, it counts for points. Uh,
2: yeah, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. So uh, a few days ago, Auburn football on their social media pages, I saw it on Twitter and Instagram. It was probably on other places as well. Um, but they put out a video showing off their new LED light system. Did you see this?
1: Yeah, we joked a bit about it. The thing about this that made me laugh the most was not, I don't really care that much. I didn't care that much last year when other schools were doing it. Okay. But I'm enjoying the Auburn fans who are piling on Alabama and probably Georgia among some other rivals for doing this, knowing, like, you had to know that Auburn was going to do it eventually, and they're very quiet now. All the people that were making so much fun of Alabama and Georgia are very quiet.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's cool. I think it adds to the game day experience, but. I think just the general culture, the decisions that they've made about additions to Jordan Hare Stadium, I think you know, any time you add or change something at Auburn, and with any school, there's going to be a group of people that are just like, oh, come on, why are you changing things? And that's fine. You're going to get that everywhere, and you, you, you have that right. But I was of that, I was in that boat a few years ago when they added the DJ. I think that was before the 2017 season. They added the DJ, and I'm like, "This is the dumbest thing in the world," (laughs) and I'm not even like, I'm not the largest like pro band guy, but I know a lot of people that love college football Mm -hmm. are pro band, and you know they were kind of in agreement, saying like, "Why are we doing this? Why are we taking away from the band?" And uh, I think we all can agree now it really didn't, and also I think it added a lot to the game day experience, and it's really created a culture now at Jordan Hare Stadium, I believe, where if it's like if it's a night game late in the season. If it's past October 1st and it's a night game at Jordan-Hare Stadium, it's a party now. And I think that is um that is super exciting. I'm of the mindset that any kind of change, any kind of construction on Auburn University's campus is solely done with recruiting in mind.
1: Right. And I'm, you know, they already played music so the DJ thing is interesting because it's like they are already playing on yeah. certain downs music. But again, if you're a traditionalist and I wonder if it comes in the same vein here like most people my age and up i'm i'm pushing 30 but not quite there are like what why do we need these lights we got
2: 3 years left what are right. you talking about
1: but like people my age and up i've noticed have generally been like you know why do we need this and i think it's like well you grew up not needing a, a light show so you don't think it's necessary but i would be curious to know do 15 year olds particularly care are they like whatever i'm you know And part of me goes, you know, maybe it will be cool, like, when you're in that moment you're talking about against Georgia or Alabama or in the case of this year since LSU's at home. Yeah. And it's a night game and your team scores to go up early in the fourth and the lights – you know, like, I can put myself in that mindset – where it would be fun. It's also funny to imagine them doing it without any fans in the stands. Uh, That's correct, yeah. Just having a light show basically for the players right. at, at that point. And then again, bringing it back to my initial point, like to all of you who jumped on Alabama and Georgia for doing this, remember college football is both an arms race and a game of copycat. And so when someone does sure. something like this you can kind of expect other schools to bite on it, and that's what Auburn, among other teams, will do. But I mean, between the
2: the massive jumbotron, between the DJ, between you know the light show, the you know the the light capabilities they're going to be able to have in Jordan hare going into this season. I mean, they've gone all out into revamping this, the recruiting center that they added, uh, you know, on, on on the end zone there. They've done all this to attract recruits, and I think it's worked. I think it's been very beneficial, and. I mean, you and I grew up Auburn fans. We've been going to Auburn games our whole life, and I bet a lot of you listening are kind of in the same boat. I'm not huge on the game day experience at this point. I- I'd prefer to watch most games on television unless it's a Georgia or an Iron Bowl or an LSU or something like that. Mm-hmm. But in general, once you're in the stadium, we can argue about stuff outside the stadium and how where you can park and how far it is to walk and all that. But once you're in the stadium, I think they've done a great job making the game day experience much better. And just the general culture, I mean, Jordan-Hare Stadium feels so much like a home field advantage. And, you know, I've been to other stadiums. You've been to more than I have. But I just think what they've been able to do as far as creating that home field advantage and that culture of you are not going to come in here and win unless you're Georgia. And, <laughs> I, and I, think, uh, I think that kind of is is becoming more and more relevant more and more uh, obvious over the course of um, e- each year
1: i think it is interesting that auburn is usually not lumped into the general conversation of most difficult places to play like when you go sec most people will immediately jump lsu lsu yeah at one point it was florida i think that's coming back yeah, you need too. to be relevant in order to have that feeling the swamp auburn found out the hard way absolutely can be a terribly intimidating place right. to play. It's just that over the last five or so, really, since the Urban Meyer days, mm-hmm. they haven't been relevant. And so it's it's harder to get that feeling. Uh, but Auburn, most people have this experience you're talking about, especially Auburn's rivals in those big games at night. It becomes an extreme advantage for Auburn. The one thing I do want to see them do, and this is not something that's simple, and they are working toward this, Auburn used to have one of the nicest stadiums in the SEC. Yeah. It has fallen behind in some aesthetic ways.
2: I really feel like it needs to be pressure washed.
1: It does need pressure washing. <laughs> it could use that. Uh, and also, just like you're seeing more teams, uh, and, and they've done this to some extent with what you mentioned on the south side of the end zone with the recruiting center. They bricked yeah. that. Obviously, it's just much more modern that side of the stadium than the rest of the stadium.
2: You a big brick guy? Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, it just looks nice. When you look at Kyle Field, uh, or, you know, if you go to College Station, if you go to Tuscaloosa, if you go to Baton yeah. Rouge, they've all and look, these are not easy things to put together. I can't imagine how much time it takes. Oh yeah. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of you know, I think billions of dollars. Baylor yeah. rebuilt or excuse me, Baylor built a new stadium a few years ago and college in college station they renovated theirs and it cost almost twice as much to renovate at Texas. So you know, they, they spent something like $450 million to wow. do this, and uh, Alabama's doing something similar. So I, as someone who's had a development officer fundraiser in their life, that money doesn't just come from nowhere. So I'm asking them to come up. It's a big ask to just be like, hey, can you brick that big thing? Yeah. Can you make it look better? Right, it's right. Not, it's not that easy. And to your point of the cultural, like Auburn has become a very difficult place to play, and yes. I, I think that's undeniable.
0: Right, right.
1: Hey, more with
2: Painter Sharpless on uh, today's edition of Locked on Auburn coming up.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All
2: right. Yeah, we mentioned it. Uh, we mentioned it at the top of the show briefly, Painter, but Cam Newton officially signing with the New England Patriots. All the, deal, the details of his deal are out there. He's not getting paid anything. It's remarkable. I don't know how Bill Belichick does it, but... Yeah, I bought his jersey. You know, it's funny. My mother bought me a Jarrett Stidham jersey for my birthday, and she's like, not going to lie, uh, when I bought this, uh, I didn't think we were getting cam. And I'm like, that's fine. No, it's great. I've got both now. But do you think, uh, what percentage of Auburn fans are going to be pulling for New England this year?
1: A lower amount than probably were when he was at Charlotte for two reasons. One, they've been the evil empire of the NFL. For, they have been the Alabama to the NFL for sure. the last two no decades. no questions. But... You are going to see people rooting for Cam, which means by some product, they're going to have to get over their dislike of Bill Belichick. I also think it matters that Tom Brady is not there. Like, in college, we tend to gravitate towards hating the coaches. Mm -hmm. In pro leagues, more often than not, we tend to... So, with Brady gone, I wonder if it'll be a little bit easier. Brady has such a punchable face because he's handsome and he's married (laughs) to a beautiful lady and he's rich. And it's like Belichick, just sort of this grumpy old guy. You don't care for him because he's the you know, he's Darth Vader, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, that guy, you know, whatever, uh-huh. whatever. So I do think some people will inevitably end up biting their tongue and just getting over the fact that they're going to have to root for the Patriots. Well, it's just
2: so much more than can, too. I mean, obviously, Jarrett, and then, you know, if Will Hastings makes the roster, I think that's going <laughs> to add a lot, and I'm not even joking there, Nick Coe, Jonathan Jones, Brandon King, you know, if you want to lump Byron Coward in there as well. I mean, so I think that's going to be fun to see. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. I don't really have a whole lot else to add for that. Uh, You buying into the hype that that Cam Cam said that he's
1: done being humble? You cool Uh, with that? I sometimes wonder if he knows there. Uh, He's very aware, I think, because what happens is Cam is both more athletic than almost anyone can. In fact, the most athletic person to ever play that position. Okay. Uh, and I think I will credit Justin Ferguson for first pointing that out. But once I thought about it, it was like, yeah, there's never been a better athlete to play quarterback. Quarterback, yeah. And then, I'm cool with that. Um, you know, he's he's like I just said, to Tom Brady. Like Cam Newton's beautiful, and he knows it. Yeah, and he loves to flaunt it. And so flash uh, that smile, Cam. The idea, yep. the idea of saying, all right, I'm not going to be humble anymore. When you've really never been very humble, I, I like that. I think he knows what he's doing. But I also get the point. I do get the point. I think he feels a little bit betrayed, maybe a lot of bit betrayed by the Panthers and the way that was done. He knows he's being underpaid, whatever it is you think of Cam Newton, however Many questions you have Former about— Former
2: MVP should be making more than what he will make in 2022. Yeah, and, and yeah. even
1: just looking around, I understand the circumstances that made it unusual, but like Nick Foles and Chase Daniels, and you could go on and on and yeah. on. It's like, those guys don't need to be making more than a guy who was MVP a few seasons ago. He's
2: sticking with number one. I personally wanted him to go back to two, because the only reason he went to one is because, I believe it was Derek Anderson was at the Panthers, and he was wearing two, and Cam's like, that's fine, we'll make this reflect the depth chart. I'll go number one. Uh, I wanted, uh, I know there were some folks that wanted him to go
1: 12. It's a little, a little bit of petty almost. Yeah. To
2: combine the two. Combine the one and the two. Troll Tom Brady a little bit. I would have been fine with it. No, I wouldn't have. Yeah. Wouldn't that's like what that. I wondered
1: if New England would like, I don't know how much New England would have embraced him taking 12. Well, I've got like seven, 12
2: jerseys. I need, uh, I need some more, some different numbers in there. So
1: <laughs> I can't say I'm too surprised that he stuck with one. It's just yeah. like, it's been the thing. And, uh, you know, I think there's like even a little bit of undertone to like, hey, I'm number one. Like, but- do
2: you think this helps Auburn recruiting and all that? Cam's in the middle of all the news again. Do you think there's enough people with kids, you know, that are that grew up really not watching Cam play at Auburn at this point? Do you think, um, do you think these, you know, sixteen-year-old kids are looking at the news and following Cam and they're associating with? him with Auburn do I think
1: it directly helps Auburn no do I think it is generally good to have an Auburn player constantly being in the news someone who's being referred to as an MVP yeah I think do you think he's that tied to Auburn where it matters yeah, that much I, do think okay. th- I don't think it matters in terms of like well this guy was on the fence about if he was going to go to this school or Auburn and now that he's been reminded of Cam Newton he'll be going to Auburn but I do well, a th- guy like uh Demetrius Davis
2: you know we assume he's going to be the quarterback after Bo Nix you know assuming things stay the mm-hmm. way that they are and he kind of lives up even close to the expectations that we have for him. He's a dual-threat guy. He plays similar to kind of what you saw Cam do in his highlight tapes in high school.
1: I think it matters that you're constantly in the news. Alabama and Clemson do a great job of this. ESPN helps them out greatly by putting them on a lot. No question. uh, So directly, no, but indirectly having that amount of pub, talking about your best player or you know best quarterback in school history, yeah, I think that's got to count for something.
2: All right, let's talk big-picture college football coming up in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on so find your local dealer today that's com.
2: painter the Ivy League came out and said they're not playing fall sports until uh or in 2020 they will uh, postpone all sports until uh January 1st is kind of what they came out and said and I'm sure they're going to revisit and they may move that date around mm-hmm. um they may move it back if they need to but yeah the big thing no football. For the Ivy League, a lot of people looking at that and panicking a little bit because, uh, well, it's the Ivy League that canceled their college basketball tournament first, and then. Everyone followed, including the NCAA. I mean, what what are your thoughts on this? I
1: have been reluctant to make any predictions because, one, even the experts seemingly are willing to stay on their toes at all times, as they have to, because they keep finding things out about something that's complex yeah. and affects millions and mil- well, billions of people since it's a global pandemic. Right. But my gut feeling was even as things started to get better, I suppose sometime at the end of May and in, in the June month, it felt hard because they were already saying that in the fall, we could expect some sort of pop. And then when we sort of collectively decided, hey, this is hard because humans are not meant to be kept inside. Like we're just not. It's not a good arrangement, even it's though it's what yeah. is necessary in a pandemic. Right. We all sort of collectively went, this stinks. I'm going back to work or like I need to go back to work in in the case of many And so I was like, well, it seems likely that we will have some sort of uptick. Um, And that is apparently what has happened. So my guess is we're not going to have a fall football schedule that's on time. I'm still going to stay out of the prediction game in terms of when, because like anyone else, I just don't know. I still think the Power
2: Five teams will have it. Yeah. And then you may have select groups that don't. You I, know? I'm
1: curious to know like will it be in November? I remember Fauci a few weeks ago saying he thought baseball and football needed to go ahead and start because they were expecting that pop. So it's like, can you do it in November? Or is that gonna be in in this time where they don't think it's
2: Yeah.
1: Uh so my my, my point here again is I don't think anyone actually knows, but I do agree with you there's too much money on the line for us not to have one at all.
2: Yeah. I would be shocked if there were no SEC football games this year. Um we'll see. We'll see. I I think it was Marcello, Brandon Marcello, who he reported that, you know, this was prior to the Ivy League meeting and making this decision. But he's like, I'm being told by the powers that be in, you know, the Power Five conferences that whatever the Ivy League says, it will not affect their opinion.
1: Yeah, and Jake LaHutt, a politics reporter for Business Insider, tweeted this out just a little while ago. If you're listening, it's Thursday. Wow, the Dallas school superintendent Just told Garrett Hawk, Hake. I'm not sure. He's pretty sure there will be no Texas high school football. You're nodding your head, so I think you must have seen that that, tweet. Um, And, like, you know. No Texas high school football? I mean, that's. It seems telling in that you know you pretty much associate the that's mecca, Auburn's recruiting class yeah, you, the, the <laughs> mecca of high school football right so if they're yeah. willing to concede there might not be a season at least on time that's a big it, deal yeah I think it, it's reading between the lines
2: yeah I'm still confident for what it's worth maybe that's ignorant of me or foolish but I, I'm still confident I think there's too much money involved for it to uh, to not happen uh, one last topic. Uh, painter Keith on Twitter uh, was talking about the war Tampa team for Mm -hmm. 2021 Mm -hmm. that garnered so much excitement and I'm actually surprised that the excitement continued on uh, despite being a one-and-done situation in the TBT but he wanted to ask about some potential names that we could see in the 2021 team assuming war Tampa goes more into an Auburn alumni team which is Mm -hmm. kind of what a lot of people are thinking but he mentioned Simeon Bowers Malik Dunbar Kareem Canty TJ Dunnans, thats kind of a name
1: I forgot. TJ um, hitting that corner uh, yeah. game winner was it against Mercer? I'm not sure if I remember who it was. But yeah, I think that was that's an ex- right. An exciting, uh, an exciting TJ Dunnans moment.
2: Yeah, I'm a little surprised that Malik Dunbar was not a part of this year's t- uh, he was War Tampa. such a fan
1: favorite. Right, like you the could just tweet at the account like crazy. Even if he didn't play, which I don't know why you wouldn't let him play, just let him be there for that smile, man. Yeah, no question. Just always lit up a room. Yeah, he's uh, he a good yeah, He's a
2: very likable person.
1: Uh, I was thinking, you know, Anthony
2: McLemore, Austin Wiley. Austin Wiley was a booster. You know, could he Mm -hmm. play next year? I think so. Assuming he doesn't land in the NBA somewhere. Um, What about a guy like, kind of going early to uh, Bruce at Auburn, like Malcolm Canada, possibly?
1: That's kind of a name. I I think you're throwing out all reasonable names. It'll depend so much on where everyone is. Like some people probably have... Contract issues, I think that was part of, yeah. maybe not not all, but part of Jared's situation. Like, of course, you would love to have him, but I, don't, I just don't think, you don't see guys typically at his point who, you know, he's just gotten with the Knicks right uh, in this tournament. So some of the names you seem to to list out there are, are, to me, reasonable names because I think they're guys that will either be playing overseas like Horace yeah. or... Uh, you know, someone like Wiley, fascinating to see how things shake out for him over the next few months and his
2: body may give him a chance. I mean, I, I don't know as much about NBA scouting as I do NFL and all that, but I just know when you look at his body type, there's not a lot of Austin Wileys out there.
1: And I'm so like all those names seem plausible to me. And one other thing that I think is worth noting, and I'm certainly not the first to point this out, but a number of these T B T teams have basically a school at which they're tied to. So it, Auburn sort of had that, but it was also a hodgepodge of other players. I wonder if next year there will be more of a push to go pretty heavy on Auburn alumni. And not well, saying there wouldn't be any other players, but basically an Auburn, a former Auburn team like right. we've seen with some of these other TBT uh, squads. I
2: think you will just because War Tampa, it seemed like they were able to raise a lot of money because of the Auburn fan base's support. I think that's going to be a big part of kind of them building that brand um, because, I mean, this is the first time I've ever watched a, the basketball mm-hmm. tournament game. I don't know about you, but this is the first time I've ever cared. It's always
1: been on about the time of the year that, like I say always, it's only been happening for a couple of years that I'm aware of. But Six years, I think? Yeah, but like whenever it's on in this time of the year, I've usually got it on or it's like in the background. at some- Oh, and okay. so, like, I'm aware that it's happening. I didn't know what it was but until I, this all I, went down. To, to act as if I had sat down and gotten invested in it would certainly not be true. And you're right. My perception is the decision makers at this tournament noticed the amount of traction and attention that War Tampa was getting. And they were like, we can't leave them out because yeah. they're going to bring in an
2: audience. Right. Absolutely. What are you and Justin Ferguson talking about on the lunch break these days, man?
1: We've been taking a look at the wide receiver group. I've been, actually, uh, to piggyback some of what we discussed yesterday, continually high on Seth Williams. Okay. Last year, I got, I think, prematurely excited about the wide receiver group. So I'm going to circle back to that take this year and see if it can be a little bit more accurate. All right. Uh, We'll see what happens there. And also, uh, we'll be talking a little bit of basketball on the lunch break. That's, of course, at ESPN 1067, 11 to 1. Wherever you listen to podcasts, or if you're in Auburn Opelika, you can hear it on the dial. And that is Painter Sharpless. He's on Twitter at Paint Sharpless.
2: And ESPN 1067 is on Twitter at ESPN 1067. I'm on Twitter at Z be The show's on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the
0: Locked On Podcast Network.